0: One of the interesting initiatives in China is this cooperation between industries and governments. And that is really being reflected right now in Hangzhou by the Zhejiang province in coordination and collaboration with Wanxiang Industries. Vincent Wang is the chief innovation officer at Wanxiang. Industries industries, holdings, uh, and you're cooperating with Hangzhou in something called a smart city and using blockchain innovation. It's called Inova City. Tell yes. us more about this.
1: Inova City is a a major, very ambitious uh, mega project uh, along the river in Hangzhou. Hangzhou, for those of you who have visited uh, it, is one of the most beautiful cities in China. It actually uh, shares a common feature with Shanghai. Shanghai is divided up into two parts, old and new, by a river, Wangpu River. So right now we're sitting in Pudong. Pudong represents the growth area of Shanghai, has been present, representing that for the last uh, 20 years at least. And uh, Hangzhou is also a, a city of old and new, divided mm-hmm. up by a river uh, mm-hmm. called Qiantang River. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Innova City is right on the river bank on the Pudong side of Hangzhou City, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And this is where most of the growth will be. As a matter of fact, the Innova City project is right at the heart of Hangzhou's uh, inner ring uh, that defines the city proper. And we see uh, Innova City as an uh, opportunity uh, for um, multiple dimensions. Uh, number one, this is a mega city project that allows us to experiment a new way to build uh, a city adjacent to uh, product, yeah, industrial activities uh, with high environmental standards. Uh, Secondly, it uh, uh, give us the testing ground for a new way to look at for a more distributed way rather than the top down design way uh, to to look at a smart city. And thirdly, that's the most exciting part. I keep the best for last. Mm -hmm. uh, That is, uh, this is going to be the first scaled urban project that is whose uh, data infrastructure runs entirely on blockchain.
0: What does that even mean?
1: Uh, um, The... Traditionally, uh, a, when you say a smart city, mm-hmm. so it's based on, of course, uh, smart city is based on cloud. It has certain set of features, for example, uh, facial recognition, mm-hmm. smart transportation. But all these are uh, in belong to the data collected from different applications. They belong to different data silos. Um, what blockchain aims to do is number one as uh, this is discussed uh, uh, to some detail uh, by Dr. Xiao, I just want to repeat, uh, repeat, uh, Platon allows the uh, privacy and performance to be addressed at the same time. So when you, uh, in the city of the future, when you do uh, smart driving, when you do uh, smart renewable energy, when you want to provide uh, better services to, uh, to the residents and visitors alike, you need efficiency you cannot uh, you, you must have real time um, otherwise uh, if you you are uh, your data is protected by uh, by by your d- uh, data infrastructure when you drive when your car is interacting with the infrastructure if there's a latency you know if the time delay of uh, a few m- milliseconds yes that could be fatal yes uh, so Platon ha- offer the best opportunity to marriage uh, 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 confidentiality, privacy protection with uh, performance. So, uh, but this needs to be designed in from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. That the data fabric, when a true uh, privacy, a, a true f- a fulfillment of privacy protection is where users and uh, administrators don't need to even think about it. It's already, it's so integrated into the data fabric. That's the first thing we want to do. Secondly, we want to tap the synergy of different systems. Different application systems, different economic models, different economic entities. Um, I will give an example yeah. later on uh, if we have time. So uh, it's important. You you can look. You can take a existing city that where a data infrastructure is already in place and try to add on a layer of blockchain or provide some branching out with blockchain for a particular application. But that would be the uh, benefits will be limited. Because you still leave the data silos of different mm-hmm. applications, different services, different solutions uh, separate. Uh, with with a new city, now when you design the data infrastructure from scratch, uh, what you can do is you design the data fabric to make it immensely scalable, distributed. So all the data there won't be any data silo. The data is the data domain is protected, but they are they're also connected.
0: Privacy is a huge issue, especially when it comes to emerging technologies. How can I be assured that my information is private to me, Mm -hmm. can't be utilized against me or Mm -hmm. commoditized against my interest, which we're Mm -hmm. actually seeing now in very many aspects of technology application, to the criticism Mm -hmm. of companies and all the way up to governments. Mm -hmm. How do you as a company reassure that privacy is first and foremost going to be protected for people to engage more wholeheartedly in the technology ecosystem and infrastructure? How, how do you get past that perception where privacy truly is privacy? How do you reassure people about that?
1: With basically with uh, distributed technologies, uh, mm. such as including blockchain, but also included incri- uh, including encrypted computing. I'll explain why. Uh, right now, let's look at our, uh, the problem we're facing now. The problem we're facing now is actually a natural consequence of uh, us surrendering the data sovereignty to a, uh, to a proxy, to a large company, um, the, um, the Googles of the world, the Facebook of the world, for benefits. And so we get services. If we do not uh, surrender these data, we don't get services. Uh, it's not necessarily that uh, there's a dark uh, design somewhere in the universe that uh, we, you know, they want to take the data sovereignty away from us. But uh, that's the way it is. This is the only way because all the service data service is vertical. It follows a kind of a pyramid structure. So there got to be um, the the individual user data are integrated on the upper level, then integrated on the upper level, and then integrated on the upper level, and solutions and ba- uh, and service are running on those in the, uh, data and that's the only way your data can be accessed that is by surrendering by uh, your data out to be stored in a uh, uh, in the data infrastructure in the database uh, somewhere a, in the cloud
0: is this a concern of not only people in China but obviously know. around the world but yeah. but what is what is the concern here in China when it comes to mm. privacy
1: Privacy, I think uh, the privacy concern is fairly universal. Uh, everywhere, like, uh, like everywhere else, including U.S., uh, Chinese consumers do not want to have uh, their data abused by uh, unknown uh, third parties. And uh, so the, that invisibility of where your data is going is a great concern. Now we want to. What we want to do differently with what I uh, referred to earlier as the data infrastructure, is the blockchain-enabled uh, data infrastructure, is twofold. One, we would not ask you. We will create a, infra- a, a data network that uh, does not allow the user to surrender the data. Your data can be accessed, but you do not surrender it. But your data will not be copied and you know replicated and stored somewhere else. So you still, you still have your data. You. Let's say that it's stored in a little purse of yours, digital purse of yours. Other people, uh, if they, they want to have a trade with you, they want to have access to your data so they can help you better, they need to get your consent. Mm-hmm. That consent doesn't mean that you actually have to press a button. It could be a smart contract that you initiated, uh, you signed with a third party. So you don't need to do that manually every time. But once you brand your consent, your data will be accessed to give you service. But only accessed, because your data is not going anywhere.
0: Right, It's no, so, but not accessed, but not owned.
1: Not owned. No, they cannot see the raw data. Nobody can see the raw data except for you. And you can choose not to see the raw data either. So this way, you can cut off whenever there is a violation or infringement. You can cut out, cut that relationship off overnight, and there's no, there's no more consequence. That assures that uh, your data, the loss, there's no data lost There's only a denial of data access grant or denial of data access That's the first thing we want to do. So blockchain has uh, I don't want to have a too involved discussion here But blockchain has a nice way to manage secure da- manage and secure data on a distributed network So that you can, you know, as far as the personal data is concerned, you can either a cake and head Secondly, encrypted computing so we allow uh, the computing to be conducted, analysis to be conducted over encrypted data. So again, this goes to the fact that nobody will see your raw data. Nobody will replicate your d- raw data. Even if they try to, they, that doesn't make any sense. Because once your data stored there, encrypted, is taken somewhere else, um, the, it just won't be, uh, it won't be read anymore. So this is where these, both these two values, they distributed the, the data securing on the blockchain network and the encrypted computing. Those are two of the primary, uh, very important uh, value propositions by Platon.
0: How competitive is the blockchain space in China right now?
1: Competitive... Like uh, from the technology point of view, uh, a narrow uh, competition is not necessarily the way to go. Uh, but uh, viability-wise, we see a vibrant uh, um, we see a vibrant range of uh, options for uh, app, app developers and users. So that, I think that is a sign of uh, great health. Uh, on the other hand, there is both the industries and the users are calling for. Uh, Aggrega- meaningful aggregation mm-hmm. so that you have a common platform to establish, uh, establish a, a great value system on. And so I think this is, uh, eventually there will be convergence um, on a public chain and other, with regard to a number of uh, public chains. And we have reason to believe that uh, uh, with its merits, uh, Platon will be uh, one of the major uh, uh, infrastructure out there.
0: As you build these initiatives, Mm -hmm. it's important to tap blockchain talent, Mm -hmm. it's important to tap the new graduates Mm -hmm. in computer engineering, developers and coders and the like. Does that talent um, exist at a level that competes globally here in China?
1: I believe so. Um, I think uh, here we can draw a parallel with uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, we, can, we see great uh, uh, availability of talents here. Now, uh, with, the, with the blockchain, as a matter of fact, I believe that uh, going forward, in order to really fulfill, realize uh, full potential of blockchain, people are, in the future, we may not have blockchain uh, developers we will have individual application developers who know their blockchain. Just like today, you don't have internet, you don't have so many internet developers anymore because the techno- technical logic of internet is already a- absorbed into different application domain. So of course everyone is doing internet when they de- design their own code for their own solutions for their own industries. I think that will happen to blockchain down in the future. Here, as a matter of fact, I would argue that China probably had an advantage uh, benefiting from the fact that uh, China is one of the uh, first major countries that embrace uh, uh, blockchain and blockchain becomes a, uh, uh, a entry into the uh, lexicon Chinese lexicon as early as 2015 so uh, your when your grandmas uh, also know what blockchain is that's saying something so that advantage is that we have a um, New graduates who, even in college, already know what blockchain is. Uh, they may not. They some of them are very well trained in blockchain technology already. That will come in handy when they uh, whatever um, IT-related work they choose to do later on. But uh, even those who do not have deep training, but they at least they are that awareness will keep blockchain as a viable option for innovation later on in their career. So I think. Uh, there is a great advantage
0: when you look across industries in China, do you feel like some industries are more knowledgeable about blockchain than others?
1: Um, I think uh, it's uh, it could be it's true in uh, for two reasons uh, one is uh, uh, there are some uh, pre-perceived preperceived uh, 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 low-hanging fruits mm-hmm. for blockchain applications. Yes. People inevitably uh, speculate on what will be the you know low-hanging fruits for mm-hmm. blockchain.
0: And uh, for example,
1: uh, people believe that uh, uh, financial sector uh, now people are more focused on supply chain finance. Sure, uh, people working in supply chain finance are probably more aware and become more knowledgeable about uh, blockchain. The other area, and I think is happening, and I think it will pick be picking up momentum is where blockchain, you would not naturally think of as a blockchain domain, but uh, it offers a way, a great potential to rethink the technical logic of the IT technology that support that uh, industry. For example, uh, provenance, food provenance. Mm -hmm. uh, In China over the years, a number of uh, food scare happened. Mm -hmm and uh, uh, people very quickly even though uh, blockchain was not envisioned to be a food technology Mm -hmm. but people very quickly realize that it has great applications but you so far the applications are done in a way that is outside in but as more and more people in that in, in those industries become aware less knowledgeable but aware of the blockchain they will be incentivized to take blockchain to disrupt the existing uh, data order of uh, the food industry. And then they will become more knowledge- knowledgeable, and that's where the true revolution will happen when the, the value proposition and the enthusiasm and deep knowledge all come together.
0: What do you think the perception of blockchain is right now in terms of corporate enterprise in China? And not only the understanding of blockchain technology but also working with it and actively thinking about using it in their industries. What do you think the percentage is in terms of that happening right now? Companies Mm. that are thinking about applying or already implementing blockchain?
1: My guess would be about uh, 15 to 20 percent That's the overall, it's a very rough, hue overall estimate. But I I think that number is uh, coming up uh, pretty uh, dramatically. And as a matter of fact, both at Platon, and at Wanshan University, and at Wanshan Blockchain Company, we're doing everything we can to further promote those awareness. And so next time we talk, maybe that number, hopefully that number will be 35%.
0: 35% is still big enough of a chunk Mm -hmm. to scale blockchain and show mm-hmm. the, the outcome of blockchain efficiencies. But you've got enormous runway of yeah. blockchain opportunities. That's still We're not even in saturation or maturation stage yet. How quickly do you think China's going to get there versus other nations around the world?
1: Um, I think in a number of areas, China will get there before other nations. Um, this is related to the insight Dr. Xiao shared earlier about the lack of uh, incumbents in, say, supply chain finance, and this is where this is why blockchain blooms in supply chain finance. Um, I think uh, in China, um, uh, in spite of the decades of uh, economic development, amazing economic development, uh, there are still uh, certain areas. Uh, you know, the development. For a company, for an economy that grows so fast, inevitably there will be uneven development. So I would uh, uh, think that uh, there are certain sectors that are still, still do not have uh, major uh, incumbents like the uh, precise US or EU counterparts. But the needs as China is uh, in the transition from a uh, production uh, manufacturing investment driven economy to consumption driven economy there will be all these uh lackings will be revealed and they will be viewed as great opportunities and these are opportunities that blockchain i'm sure will capture so i think in the reason china will uh, pick up the momentum maybe in a number of areas ahead of other nations is not necessarily because uh, um, we're necessarily smarter than other people it's just that we're we have a we have a, the right combination of uh lack of uh um, you know the, just just about right that there's some development there's not the development is not quite complete so there are still gaps that uh, uh innovation can quickly fill so i just want to add uh we believe uh that the great the truly great blockchain company uh will be block will be industry company, enterprise uh, software providers, who instead of uh, uh, branding themselves as a blockchain company, they take blockchain, they absorb the the logic of blockchain, so they reinvent uh, the uh, solution, the mainstream solution of their industry. They may be the SAP of the future, they may be the LinkedIn of the future, they may be uh, the IBM of the future.
0: dare I say, the forecast of the future.
1: (laughs) The forecast uh, forecast is future.
0: The forecast, we are forecasting the future. I think ultimately, when you take a look at what's happening in Asia, and I will expand beyond China, is that there is really an enormous potential for growth, exactly as you said. It is not a saturated market. It is not a mature market. It is a developing market. And Mm. in the development of it comes this opportunity where technology can leapfrog. And not only leapfrog, but really create new industries where none have existed before. And so lack of incumbents in the space because the space has not even yet been defined until right now and may not yet be defined until technology defines it. Back to Innova City, What are the things that you were working on that looks so different from anything that we have seen in infrastructure today, in government today, in corporate structure today. What are the, give me your top three highlights of something that you're working on there that we've never seen before?
1: Uh, First of all, um, I want to, uh Sincerely compliment on the insight that you just shared with us. I, I want to show my appreciation of that insight that you you, you said that uh, Maybe some of the industries are not even defined yet. Maybe there's a rule There's a way to use uh, the blockchain will redefine new uh, Boundaries of uh, what an industry what a particular industry actually means. I think that's a great insight um, I would apply that insight uh, Onto the smart city that we're building Um so, so if you look at smart city today uh, let's take uh, renewable energy for, uh, for for example over here you have different players uh, you have the individual users household users and you have the grid operator and you have the um, uh, sometimes the gated community operator have, have a stake in that as well and you have uh, exchange energy exchanges and uh, so now you the, the how do you define renewable energy? Basically, these, there are all these different silos and mm. different segments. So it's not quite like a pyramid, but um, data is going everywhere uh, to the willy-nilly and there's not a very clean way to organize it. And when that happens, uh, the challenge often is there's no uh, good business model because it's just too confusing. There's no clear uh, who's paying whom for what. Um, blockchain offers a great organizing principle. So down the road, you may see that uh, the boundary between these different players are blurred. They're all connected uh, through a token layer. Mm-hmm. So people trade each other, trade with each other on any num- number of things. They incentivize each other's economic uh, mm-hmm. involvement mm. in different ways and uh, they uh, find relevance where there is none. For example, you take your car home, uh, you, have, um, you, know, you have different ways to get your uh, car battery replenished. Um, for example, your, uh, community, your residential community may offer a service to physically do that for you, or you can, uh, someone will, uh, with autonomous driving it's easier, but before autonomous driving, someone will just come on a trusted blockchain network, take your car, service it, sing it and then return it to uh, to where it is. And the the, the gate permission will mm. be granted. The parking space permission will mm. be granted. And uh, uh, but you you wouldn't you wouldn't know. You don't want. You don't need to know. Everything is running on a. It's like a. a it's like a lubrication fluid running on the on the level of uh, a token, and you see the settlement. You see uh, the the token deduction or or uh, grant mm-hmm. uh, onto your household. That's all you need to do. You do not. Uh, you all you need to do is provide the right infrastructure. You have the right uh, solar panel. Uh, you invest in the energy storage unit. You make the investment. Then done and someone will take that, take your asset as a resource and compensate you fairly and seamlessly.
0: So this is really a redefinition of social economic relationships because Mm -hmm. right now if I trust you or I trust your brand or Mm -hmm. I trust your reputation, I trust your reviews, Mm -hmm. I do my due diligence, I do my research, until that point happens that I establish trust with you, then Mm -hmm. I decide to engage in a business relationship with you. That's Mm -hmm. really how the world currently exists, right? Mm -hmm. We do business with the companies, the brands, the people that we trust. Mm -hmm. Once those relationships falter, we then go to another company that hopefully can maintain our trust, Mm -hmm. ergo consumer loyalty. But you're talking about a completely different system. What it seems like you're talking about is that the system itself will create that layer of trust so that you don't have to vet every single person who's Mm -hmm. participating in that system because that system establishes that trust and demands and commands that trust from those who are servicing that system
1: absolutely you get it exactly right and the system is acting as everybody's uh, proxy Mm. and so you do not uh, if you make your solar panel available to a third party or a fourth party um, would would that party be your client or um, uh, or your customer it's you know it's not or your provi- uh, solution provider—it's not clear because they're getting something already from servicing you. So um, this is like uh, uh, quantum uh, quantum theory. Quantum mm. theory is that when you go to a a sufficient uh, minuscule level, uh, energy and mass are confused. So they are they are com- converge together, and uh, likewise with uh, when when the service when when energy becomes really truly distributed. Um, who's the provider? Who's the, who's the benefactor? Who's the beneficiary? Who needs to be compensated for what? What is also blurred. In this place is a system, as you said, that uh, handles all these trading uh, based on secured by blockchain and uh, execution is... Uh, insu- the quality of the execution uh, is ensured uh, by um, artificial intelligence on the edge and monitored probably by the cloud or by uh, additional infrastructure that, again, are based on these two basic building blocks, AI and blockchain.
0: I think for the first time in many of these conversations, I truly see a forecast to what a future could look like. And it sounds like it's being uh, tested right now in Hangzhou. So thank you so much for sharing that and I can't wait to see more.
1: And thank you very much. Uh, You have provided me with uh, at least two great insights. Thank you so
0: much. (laughs) I'm glad. Very, very good reciprocation. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you, Vincent.